Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Washington, D.C. Acknowledge me. Chris Russell on the Team 980. I'm not trying to be a jerk. All right, we are off and running on a final football Friday of the season because the final game of the season is a little bit more than 48 hours away. Let's call it 53 hours away. How about that, huh? How do you like them apples? But we're with you over the next three hours, so we'll take up three of that 53 remaining. With you on the radio on the Team 980, the Odyssey app, anywhere in the weird, wide world. And also, we're with you on 1067HD2 and the Team980.com slash listen. Matty Ice over there. Football Friday over here. Driven by your local Honda dealer. Experience power, performance, and ruggedness with Honda. See your local Honda dealer. We'll be joined by Gary Myers, longtime NFL scribe, voice, author. Wrote a recent book about the New York Giants that generated some controversy. Obviously, we'll talk Super Bowl 58. He's been at a number of them uh, throughout the years and has a good handle for both of these teams. So we'll do that. Kirk Morrison, former NFL linebacker, Raiders, other teams. Uh, and longtime broadcaster, done national radio, done TV, does college football. He'll tell us who's going to win in his eyes. It surprised me when we caught up early this morning. Uh, and as well, Kirk had something to say about what the commander should do with that number two overall pick. Let you hear that. Coming up in the 3 o'clock hour with Kirk Morrison, former NFL uh, linebacker from Las Vegas. And as well, we'll talk to uh, Tyler Fulgham from ESPN and ESPN Bet later on this hour. As we get you set for a couple of the props that he likes. uh, And as well, why the line spread really hasn't... Or the the line spread... The the, the line... You know what I'm saying. the, The line movement, whatever, has not really moved. I mean, it kind of moved a little bit after an initial push, 
but it's pretty much held rock steady. And am I missing something? Because the 49ers are the favorites in this game. You know I don't have much respect, quite honestly, for odds makers. I don't think they know what you think they know. I don't think they have any information or very little information that isn't readily and publicly available. Sometimes they are right, and sometimes they hit it square on the head. And oftentimes they are woefully wrong. Woefully wrong. And we just, like, look, everybody does a different radio show. We just don't buy in hook, line, and sinker into what bookies, odds makers, are saying is going to happen. And sometimes that gets us in trouble. I remember there was a game, I don't remember, I think it was a big college football game, regular season. Pete and I were still doing the show together. And I was like, it was something to do with Alabama. And I was like, Pete, man, that line sucks. Man, that line is way off. I can't remember the exact details. But he kept saying, no, it's a good line. It's a good line. It's a good line. It's a good line. This, that, and the other thing. And he was adamant about it. And I was adamant that it was a bad line and that the bookies didn't know what the hell they were talking about. And it turned out that I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. And I was woefully wrong. And I think it was Alabama that I was railing against. And Alabama won. And Alabama won convincingly. So I was wrong. But there's plenty of times that I'm right when something smells fishy. You know, Sheehan does the smell test. I don't do a smell test. But I'm telling you, something here is fishy. Something here smells a little bit off. And what I'm wondering, (laughs) what I'm wondering is, am I the one that's reading the room wrong by saying, whoa, wait a second. Should San Francisco actually be favored? If you look at how San Francisco has played, really since the Christmas night game against Baltimore, including in a win here in Washington where... You know, they pulled away, but I wasn't that impressed by them in any way, shape, or form. All right, they wrapped up the regular season. The game didn't mean anything. Nobody important played. I mean, I'm not judging them for Sam Darnold. They had the bye. They came out and were absolutely, again, here's here's where I sometimes get myself in trouble and sometimes I'm just absolutely dead on. I'm telling you, I know football. Okay, you don't always have to agree with me. I know football. When I watched the 49ers against the Packers, there was one team that should have won that game and one team that should have lost that game, and it wasn't the team that won the game that should have won. Now, the Packers made plenty of mistakes too, but you would kind of expect the Packers to make those kind of mistakes in the rain, on the road. You know, uh, Jordan Love, not a rookie quarterback, but a first-year starter, so on and so forth against the vicious 49er defense, which, you know, again, those that live by rankings and statistics and offer no context and no nuance at all in any way, shape, or form, you Ben Johnsonites, you number knuckleheads, if you watch the 49ers, 
And again, I can't say necessarily on Christmas night, although they weren't great on defense on Christmas night either against the Ravens and Lamar. But that was more because of five turnovers by the 49ers on offense. Four turnover, four interceptions by Brock, so on and so forth. If you watch the 49ers at any point, again, since that Christmas night shellacking by the Ravens, it is hard to walk away and go, yep, that team should not only win Super Bowl 58, but that team should be favored in Super Bowl 58. You know what I think this is? The more and more I think about this, Maddie, you remember the, this from last spring, how outraged I was. And guys like Hoffman and another guest or two along the way, I can't remember who, told me I was all full of crap. I was full of it. I was not reading it right. I was not interpreting it right. That the analytics, the ESPN predictor machine, whatever thingy, was picking the Boston Celtics over the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. And they said 97% chance that the Boston Celtics were going to win the series. 3% chance that the Heat were going to win the series. Do you remember who won that series? Yeah, it was the other team. Oh, okay. Do you remember who constantly railed against that number, that percentage, those analytics, whatever Vegas was selling, the BS that they were selling? Do you remember who? I'm pretty sure you were very anti just the Vegas lines, all that kind of stuff. You just thought that it was a whole lot of bullpucky. Exactly. Thank you. And and I'm not doing this to Steve Lombardi myself. Okay? I, I, I'm sorry, Barry Horowitz myself. I always screw those two up. Barry Horowitz, the guy with, you know, patting on the back. I'm not doing this to Barry Horowitz myself. I'm here to prove a point, which is I think this line smells funky. And I'm not even a big gambling guy. I'm not a shark in the water. I'm not on uh, BetQL. I don't do any shows with BetQL. I'm not, it's not my, my domain. It's not my habitat. It's not where I'm most comfortable. But something smells weird here. And I don't know how to get past it. And I admit it might be coloring me and my opinion about this game. But I haven't hid from the fact that I picked against the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game because, A, I thought Baltimore was as close to invincible in all three phases as you could, B, They were at home, and B, the Chiefs were without Pro Bowl guard Joe Tooney, excellent, speedy linebacker Willie Gay, Legereus Sneed was banged up, Derek Nottie was not playing, and I I thought there's no way the Ravens are going to give up, what was it, 13 catches on 13 targets to Mr. Taylor Swift? I, I didn't I didn't think that was possible. And yet they did all of that. And so immediately, of course, overreaction, Chris, as opposed to contrarian Chris, which some of you like to call me, thought, well, wait a second. How do you keep how do you pick against the Chiefs? I picked the Chiefs to win straight up in Buffalo. A lot of people picked the Bills to win that game. Again. 
Not Barry Horowitzing myself, but just here to remind you. I thought absolutely no way could Kansas City climb that mountain in Baltimore six days later. And they barely did. But man, did they do enough in the first half to do what they had to do. They forced turnovers. Baltimore was reckless. And they won. And I said to myself, how do I pick against Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Mr. Taylor Swift? How? And Spags, that defense, and they've got a good place kicker. You know how place kickers drive me absolutely bonkers. Right? I mean, how do you pick against the Chiefs? So when the opening line Sunday night two weeks ago came out and they were two-point dogs, I said, okay, two points is not a lot. But there is no home field advantage, per se, even though the 49ers will have a ton of fans there. There's no home field advantage, so you can't say, well, that's why the 49ers are the favorite. And I started to think, I said, wait a second. Are the people that do this stuff for a living, that generate this information, that try and sucker you in, are the people that are in charge of this stuff that you guys go gaga over, Are they really watching the same games that I'm watching? That you're watching? Because if they are, they are watching games with bad corrective lenses. They need a new prescription. Or are they doing what Hoffman suggested and what Hoffman fought back with me on Again, when I was so upset about Vegas and the odds and it was, you know, different online short sport books and this, that, and the ESPN analytics about with the Eastern Conference Finals, again, 97.3, 97-3, to the Celtics were the odds-on favorite by far and away to win the title before the conference championship game. The Heat were the, the least favorite, so on and so forth, and I kept saying the Heat were going to win. The Heat were going to win. The Heat were going to win. And he said, oh, no, you're stupid. You're, you're this, you're that. Uh, it's based on the regular season. Okay. If it is based on the regular season, the Chiefs were 11-6. and six. The Chiefs weren't very crisp, let's call it, in the regular season. The 49ers, outside of a couple of games, including a three-game losing streak, in which Debo was banged up, Trent Williams was banged up, they lost a game on the road in bad weather to Cleveland at the at the buzzer, missed field goal. They got spanked by Joe Burrow and the Bengals in San Francisco or in San Jose. Uh, and there was a game in between, I think the the Vikings on a Monday night, which they lost pretty not badly, but convincingly. And then obviously the Christmas night game, and I forgot their fifth loss, they were twelve and five were the 49ers. The Chiefs, as uneven as they were during the regular season, and, and that is more than fair, were 11-6. and six. Now, again, their division, spotty, right? The Chargers weren't anywhere near as good as people thought they were going to be. 
The Broncos certainly weren't. The Raiders weren't. Right? So the Chiefs were maybe, I don't know, a bad-looking 11-6, and if that's possible. So I guess that's what the odds makers have done to us here. I guess that's why all of the betting stuff that you look at, and I'm looking right now at BetQL, it's holding steady in most books at minus two. FanDuel's got it, minus two and a half. But the consensus is minus two. And I will go so far to tell you that my friends at BetQL, which you should absolutely get a subscription to, uh, and check out all of their information. I mean, they're not right all the time, but they're right a lot of the time. They actually, they what they do is they analyze the spread based on all their data and analytics and whatever. And they're saying, actually, San Francisco should be favored by four and a half. A two and a half point difference than the consensus. Again, you might be able to get it at one and a half somewhere, depending on what book you use, what have you. But they're saying... The spread actually should be four and a half. And I got to be honest with you, I'm a company guy, but I can't be a BS artist. I have no idea what they're saying. I I, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't see it. So it's one of two things. Either myself and a lot of other people, I heard Sam Monson on with Sheehan say he's picking the Chiefs. Uh, he said everybody that he's talked to at Radio Row is picking the Chiefs. I get very, very, and Sam pointed this out, I get very nervous when everybody hops on one side because it usually does go the opposite way. But San Francisco has had practice issues this year, this week with the turf at UNLV. We've talked about that a lot. Yesterday morning we mentioned this. They had a fire alarm go off. McCaffrey and others pissed off about it. Something else happened. Uh, some guys, some of their guys are sick. They've had all sorts of things going on. The 49ers were the better regular season team than the Chiefs. That's indisputable. And they played in a better division. But the bottom line is, if we're watching the last five or six games, which is what matters more than the big picture over a 17-game season and what you did in September. If we're watching the same last four or five games, there's no way, there's no way the 49ers should be favored. There's no way that they should win this game. Could they? Sure. Should they? No. And that's where we start the show. Super Bowl 58, your predictions, your key X factors, your MVP, What prop bet you like? Let's do it, baby. The 49ers go for their first Super Bowl in, what, 30 years or whatever it is. The Chiefs go for back-to-back and three in the last five. What you got? I think you know what I've got. I'll give you more on what I think is important as we go along. Plus, we're jam-packed with guests, so get in now. 301-230-0980. 301-230-0980. On the Ace Law listener lines in a rec case law, I hope you get a check. Call them at 8888 Ace Law. Call us 301-230-0980 on the Team 980 in the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, Super Bowl 58, of course, is on Super Sunday. That is... Just two days away, our coverage right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app by Westwood One starts at 2 o'clock. The game, of course, right around 6.20, 6.25. And then all the post-game coverage. So if you're out and about, coming back, going to Super Bowl parties, hopefully you're not drinking and driving and doing anything stupid and reckless. Don't be an idiot. But what's that, Manny? Oh, yeah. Um... But hop in on the Team 980 and or the Odyssey app through your phone or whatever smartphone, you know, whatever gadget you guys have. Um, and you can um, you can listen, you know, again, on, 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 your, on your way uh, to and from wherever you're coming from. Again, just be smart, be safe, don't do anything stupid. A lot of people having Super Bowl parties and all that. Of course, you know what that means. And our big game coverage here on the Team 980 is brought to you and presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit, solostove.com. So let me give you a couple of reasons why I'm kind of adamant that the line smells fishy here. Again, two, some places have it at two and a half. I told you what BetQL, our service, um, and our partners at BetQL have it at four and a half. Again, most places have it at two. FanDuel right now has it at two and a half. Whatever. Again, just kind of depends on where you go and where you shop. BetQL has a projected full score of 26 and a half for the 49ers to 22 for the Chiefs. A 68.5% projected winning percentage. 14-12 at the first half, or at the end of the first half. The 49ers with a winning percentage of 62% in that first half. There's obviously no home field advantage, yet somehow, I don't know how, BetQL has a check for the Chiefs and an X for the 49ers. I don't know. Team grade, they have A's for both. Offense grade, they have an A for the 49ers and a B-plus for the Chiefs. And I guarantee you, 
That's because they don't trust, and I understand why, over the course of a long regular season, the Chiefs' wide receivers were not very good. Here's what I know. They're getting Kadarius Toney back, unless they deactivate him, which is possible. But he was activated off of whatever list he was on. They're getting Sky Moore back. Again, don't know if he'll be active, but I'm guessing he will be. They have Marquez Valdez-Cantling, who doesn't make a lot of plays, but he seems to make big ones, especially at the end when everybody thinks they're going to run, and he just runs underneath a bomb from Patrick Mahomes. He's done it a couple of times just in the playoffs. They have Rasheed Rice. They might be getting Jarek McKinnon back. They have Isaiah Pacheco. They have Mr. Taylor Swift. B-plus, I think overall is fair, but it's not like if Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, shouldn't that elevate an average or an underachieving offense over the course of a long regular season in one game against a defense that once was better than it actually is but hasn't played really sharp, hasn't played really well in any way over the last month plus. And yet, again, they're being given an A-plus defensive grade, as are the Chiefs, but yet people, and again, our own analytics company and our own bet betting analytics company is saying the 49ers should be favored by not two, not two and a half, by four and a half. And I've got to be missing something here because I don't see it. That's not the team that I've been watching. I watched them in person at FedEx Field. I've watched every one of their games outside of the meaningless one in week 18. I should say every one of their games down the stretch. I've watched much of their season. I have total respect for the 49ers. I'm rooting for the 49ers. I just don't see why the Chiefs are dogs and why people are saying, no, not only are they dogs, but they should be dogs by more. They're not going to win this game. It's the 49ers. And that's a reasonable opinion. You can feel that, right? You can think that, but on what? Based on what? Based on an entire 17-game season? Or based on what is most current? And that's my issue. Maybe I'm looking at it through the wrong prism. I look at more recent. Recency bias. And again, I could get in trouble. But the 49ers, even on offense, haven't looked sharp, sharp. They put together a couple of big scoring drives against Green Bay. That was it. They didn't move the the football sustainably. They had three good scoring drives, including a Christian McCaffrey 41-yard touchdown run and one big play to set that up. Okay, good drive. They had the big drive early in the game, laser throw to George Kittle. They had the big drive late in the game that ultimately won them the game. Great drive, not taking away anything from them. They had the big second half, but some of that was good fortune, right? The ball passing, uh, going off of Ayuk's face helmet, you know? I mean, we we talked about all of this two weeks ago. The 49ers have been fine on offense. It's not like they've been a juggernaut, boys and girls. And let's just be honest. They're taking on a much better defense than the Chiefs. 
than they faced in the Packers or the Lions, or certainly even the Commanders, not obviously the Ravens, but it's not like the Chiefs are that far off, right? And the 49ers couldn't do anything against the Ravens' defense. So there are a couple of reasons why I think the line smells fishy and why I think Kansas City's going to win while I'm rooting for San Francisco. Like, flat out, I am rooting for Kyle Shanahan. I am rooting for Trent Williams. I got to be honest with you, I have no affinity, no personal whatever towards Chase Young. I mean, he could win, he could lose. It makes no difference to me. I'm not against Chase Young. I'm not for Chase Young. I, I didn't really get to know him when he was here. Seems like a decent guy, but it it doesn't move the needle for me. I'm rooting for Kyle Shanahan. I'm rooting for Trent Williams. I'm rooting for Bobby Turner. I'm rooting for Chris Furster. I'm rooting for Leonard Hankerson. I'm rooting for Daryl Tapp. Guys that, you know, all played here, coached here, that I got to know, got to work with, you know, just saw them a couple of weeks ago. Those are my guys. I'm rooting for them. I just don't think they're going to win. What about you? 301-230-0980. Time for a quick trending alert, and then we'll get to Dr. Sabah on the other side of the glass. And you... If you want to hop in on this Football Friday, Super Bowl 58, we've got some guests coming up. So, again, I, just fair warning, if you want to get in now, get in now. We'll try and get to you before we start the guest parade on this Football Friday on the Team 980, driven by your local Honda dealer. Experience power, performance, and ruggedness with Honda. See your local Honda dealer. Let's give you a quick trending alert right here, right now. All right, let's start with this. A little bit of a surprise. How about Bill O'Brien, the former Texans head coach, the former Alabama offensive coordinator? He went back to the Patriots last year. That didn't work out. Took the Ohio State offensive coordinator job last month and now has put the reverse brakes on and is heading back to Beantown, but to be the head coach of the Boston College college football program. And that is not a done deal, but Pete Thamel of ESPN reporting that uh, Bill O'Brien is heading back to Beantown to become the new Boston College head coach. Wink Martindale out as Giants defensive coordinator after butting heads constantly with Brian Dable. Didn't get an NFL job, but instead he lands in Ann Arbor as the new defensive coordinator uh, for the national champion Michigan Wolverines. Mike Zimmer is the new head, uh, de- new new defensive coordinator, I should say, of the Dallas Cowboys. He beats out Rex Ryan and Ronald Eugene Rivera. And from baseball, two-time American League Cy Young Award winner Corey Kluber has announced his retirement, ending a 13-year career, three-time All-Star, and again Cy Young uh, in 2014 and 2017 with the Tribe. And that's what's trending. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
All right, again, Super Bowl 58 right here. Team 980 pregame coverage by Westwood One on the Odyssey app and a 980 on your radio dial. Begins at 2 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. Game right around 625. 49ers favored again by two. A consensus two. Let me give you a couple of numbers and then we'll get right out to the calls. This is from Sumer Sports, which is Thomas Dimitrov's company, the former Falcon GM who provides analytics. Um, Dimitrov was on with us on Monday, right before the introductory Dan Quinn press conference. Excellent, excellent interview. Highly suggest you go and check it out. Uh, Maddie's got it all cut up for you on the team980.com, the podcast section. We're always archived by the full show and then individually uh, in chapters on the Odyssey app. But the 49ers have an EPA, expected points added. It's a complicated formula of 0.18 per play. That's first in the NFL. A 0.29 EPA per pass play, that's first in the NFL. A 0.04 rush EPA, that's first in the NFL. Obviously, they are tremendously balanced. And when they are clicking in on all cylinders, they are really, really difficult to beat. But the Brock Purdy that I've seen too much of Is bad first half Brock Purdy, bad for a while Brock Purdy, bad three quarters Brock Purdy, shows some signs of life, maybe wakes up a little bit too late Brock Purdy. And against a really good defense, not a perfect defense, but a really good defense, that's where I worry. The teams that he struggled against for stretches, not really good on defense. Okay, not really good. The Chiefs, In terms of their defense, per play, 0.07. That's fifth in defensive per play EPA allowed. Again, the 49ers first on offense per play in EPA. The 49ers, uh, the Chiefs' defense fifth. Per pass, a negative 0.10. That's fourth in the NFL for the Chiefs in EPA per pass play allowed. And here's where they kind of struggle. Remember we told you the 49ers, really good in terms of rush offense, and duh, Christian McCaffrey, Trent Williams, Kyle Juszczyk, so on and so forth, Kyle's scheme. The uh, the Chiefs are negative 0.02 EPA per rush play allowed, which is 28th in the NFL. I mean, it's as simple as this, right? I think everybody knows this, and we've had guests this week that have pointed this out. If the 49ers can run the ball with Christian McCaffrey over and over and over and over and over and over again, and if Brock Purdy doesn't kill them, and if Brock Purdy can get into a rhythm, the 49ers should be able to score 27, 28 points, even against a good Chiefs defense. More numbers coming up throughout the show. Let's get you aboard on the program. Right here is Dr. Sabah in the leadoff spot. Doc, how are you? Hey, Chris, just excited about the weekend. I hate that it's going to be over soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bittersweet. One, bittersweet one, one last game, and then we're going to be forced to watch college basketball. 
Yeah, no, I've been enjoying the women. I watched uh, the Virginia Tech yesterday, and I saw Caitlin Clark yesterday, and I saw NC State. I was just taking a gratuitous cheap shot at college basketball. My my fault. Yeah, yeah, I watched, yeah, well, Kate, I watched, I watched Caitlin Clark like. against Maryland last Saturday night. She tore it up. Yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. She was impressive last night, too. Yeah. Um, if only my daughter was six foot. Mm. Anyway. All right, you know what happens? You get the genetic lottery, the genetic lottery, right? And I told my daughter she got the genetic poverty. <laughs> That's the difference. But um, bum. Anyhow, okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay, I've been thinking about this. Been thinking about this. First of all, I really don't like the cheap shots you keep talking about, Purdy. Talking about, well, he played poorly, and then you know he made a few plays here and there. No, he made clutch plays against uh, Green Bay and against Denver. I mean, not Denver, Detroit. And you were talking about how um. A Green Bay should have won that game. No, because their quarterback, who everybody has deemed is the answer, screwed up and pooped on himself when it mattered most. Well, wait, wait a second. Great. I didn't say I didn't say he was perfect. I didn't say Jordan. I, and I, I said Green, I said Green Bay made some mistakes too, and that's yes, ultimate. But you expect Green Bay to make mistakes. They were seven seed. San Francisco was well, the why one don't seed. You expect Purdy to make mistakes. He's a freaking like almost rookie. I understand that, but he also season. has more experience right now playing than Jordan Love does. And Jordan Love was but, on the road. And Jordan Love okay. didn't even have one of his best receivers in that game for crying out loud. Okay. At, okay, but God forbid, uh, Debo Sammy get hurt. See, he can't win without well, Samuel. That's fair. That's fair. You always talk out both sides of your, your mouth. Why is it after that Green Bay game, everybody says, pay the man for Jordan Love, but everybody's saying, including Kevin Shit. Oh, if, if, if the, um, San Francisco doesn't win the Super Bowl, they'll be looking for a quarterback. It makes no sense to me. So, well, anyway. That, hey, but, but their head coach basically did that last offseason. Kyle went after Tom Brady. But that was before. If you have a chance to get Tom Brady, you bench Joshua Allen. You take Lamar Jackson off the court. You take whoever off for Tom Brady. Yes, that's Tom Brady. That's fair. My God. I can't argue you? with that you on that. That has nothing to do with Purdy. That's Tom Brady. That's not per- It's not a Purdy issue. You'd be dumb not to take Tom Brady. Okay, so here we go. So here's my theory. So what did Kansas City do to Buffalo? A one-dimensional team. They love passing. They made them run. Then what did they do to Lamar? A run team. They made him a passer. Neither could do it. What are they going to do against San Francisco? They can run and pass. Yes, Purdy can pass. They can run and pass. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing something like uh, 24, 21, 27, you know, 20. Three kind of game, San Francisco on top. All right, so so uh, I, I, I think you make some really good. I think you make some really good points. But just dialing back to Buffalo, right? Mm-hmm. Buffalo was yeah. able to run against Kansas City, and a lot of that was Josh Allen, you know, extending plays. Uh, but yeah. but not all of it. And they had opportunities. The game, they that. had opportunities in the passing game. They didn't connect. Uh-huh. So to your right. point, if San Francisco, yeah. if San Francisco is operating and executing at a high level. On both right. in both areas, yes. Again, exactly. they should be able to score twenty eight points and probably win. And 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 Kansas City does not win if they don't score twenty one. All the games they've, uh, um, uh, I know they only had to score seventeen against um, uh, Baltimore because Baltimore could not pass. So they have a quarterback who can't pass, and I hope they keep him for a long, long time because right. they will never win a Super Bowl with that guy. Okay. But uh, normally, you want to keep Kansas City to, uh, to below twenty one. That's sort of. I, I, I hear you, Doc. I got to run because we're up against it and a hard break. We've got Tyler Fulgham from ESPN and ESPN joining uh, ESPN Bet, I should say, joining us next as we look ahead at the Super Bowl and that line that we keep talking about. 
All right, with you on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app, and of course, Super Bowl 58 quickly approaching in Las Vegas on Sunday. Joining us now from ESPN and ESPN Bet is Tyler Fulgham, uh, a sports betting analyst and host. Uh, does a great job, obviously, breaking everything down as we get set for the Super Bowl. Of course, check out ESPN Bet for all of your Super Bowl betting needs. Tyler, thank you very much for your time. How are you, pal? I'm doing great, Chris. I appreciate you having me on and excited to talk about uh, some ways to wager the big game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, let's start with this. Uh, opening line was two. I think it dipped all the way down to one last week, and now it seems to be most books up back up to two. Are you surprised where it opened, the action so far, and where it seems to be heading? Not surprised where it opened. Um I understand the math and the power ratings behind San Francisco being viewed as the superior team based on what they showed all season. I am surprised, though, and I wonder if this will change as we get closer to kickoff and more public money comes in, um, if there'll be some steam on the Chiefs. Because the average, you know, Joe Schmo better, not the Sharps, not the pros who are strictly by the numbers, are going to say, wait a second, Patrick Mahomes is the underdog? This guy's won two Super Bowls. He was the underdog in Buffalo, went in and beat Josh Allen. He's the underdog in Baltimore, went in and beat Lamar Jackson. I'll take those points with Patrick Mahomes. So we might see some late steam that gets it up to two, two and a half. I don't know if it'll touch three because that's such a key number. If it does, it'll be hammered back down um, to two and a half or two. But I'm a little surprised to see, um, you know, the uh, money going the way of the uh, San Francisco 49ers earlier. But now it seems like it's kind of creeping Kansas City's way and maybe it'll get closer to a pick I should say, um, than a, a three-point spread. Yeah, I, I, that's kind of like what I expected, especially when that line moved from two down. To, I th- again, I think it got down to as much as one uh, in some books, uh, of course, depending on where uh, you looked at it last week, but now it's kind of back up there. So um, I, 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 I'm I, with you. I think that number should be closer to a pick em or or maybe one or maybe, a, you know, look, you want to do a half point, what, whatever you got to do. Yeah, uh, I, I, people are going to do what they want to do. Yeah, I, I, again, it's just one of those things that's going to be so comfortable for the um, viewer to say, wait a second, Patrick Mahomes is an underdog. All he's done is win right. in his career, nine and three straight up as an underdog, never lost. Um, against the number as an underdog on a road or neutral side. He was an underdog in the Super Bowl last year, and that paid off for you. So, again, I don't think it'll get to a pick. Uh, you know, a half a point is inconsequential. I'm seeing one and a half right now at ESPN bet. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of where we end up come kickoff. Uh, Tyler Fulgham with us uh, from ESPN and ESPN bet. Uh, so speaking of Mahomes, I know you did a spot on SportsCenter, I believe it was earlier this week, talking about quarterback props. And, of course, that's where most of our attention is. And you were mentioning uh, Patrick Mahomes under a a half an interception, right? And minus 115, I think, were the odds that I saw. And you cited a couple of numbers or the graphic did. You know, no interceptions in the last four playoff games. 132 straight attempts, seven interceptions in his playoff career, 625-plus attempts. How much trends and stats do you use strictly to base what you're going to bet on? Meaning how much of a gut feel do you use versus just purely the evidence and the track record and the back of the baseball card type stuff? I'd say it's about 80, 85% the trends, the numbers, the statistical matchup and how, you know, if we simulated this game a thousand times, what would happen? Projections is the term used in um, our industry. And then 10, 15% for feel. Like, wait a second, does this feel like for Brock Purdy, who has been great all season long, 
can an algorithm, can projections factor in the nerves of playing in your first ever Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. No, it can't. Uh, so uh, do I dock him a little bit? Category for the potential of the magnitude of the situation to affect him at least early in the game? Yes, I do. So I would say it's about 80, 85%, you know, strictly by projections and then leave a little wiggle room for that human element that numbers can't quite quantify. Well, one of those props is Purdy under one and a half touchdown passes, meaning, you know, know, if you're you're taking that, uh, you know, he'll only throw one touchdown pass or none. And you cite the Chiefs have, you know, of course, we all know they're great defense. They only allowed four quarterbacks, two plus, uh, you know, touchdowns. You know what I've always found, Tyler, and I'm curious from your perspective, if you found like just when we think we have a beat on this game, like I'm pretty convinced Kansas City is going to win this game. I'm pretty convinced Patrick Mahomes is is going to be on the right side of that prop that we just discussed, not throwing more than one interception. I'm pretty convinced that Brock Purdy is going to struggle in this game and then it completely flips. And that's where I always lose. And that's why I guess they make these prop bets. Yeah, uh- that's how you should be betting, though. You should be developing a game script. How how you think the game's going to yeah. play out? Who's going to win? Are there going to be a lot of points? Is it going to be a defensive struggle? What's the final score going to be? And then once you have that set in your mind based on what you think, then you can start filling in the chapters of that game script. All right, if it's a high-scoring game, well, then that means Mahomes and Purdy are probably trading blows. So I'd probably go over on their passing attempts. I'd probably go over on their passing yards, over on their touchdowns. But if I think these defenses are going to make some plays, if I think the Chiefs are going to jump out early, that probably means that Isaiah Pacheco is going to be used a lot in the second half to run the clock out. And that means Brock Purdy is going to be dropping back to throw because he's playing in catch-up mode. So develop a game script and then fill in the chapters of that book, so to speak, with the props that realistically or logically align with how we get to that final outcome. No, I, I love it. And for for my audience, we know Chase Young pretty well around here. So if you're looking at a prop with a Pacheco, I've been saying this all week, go over. Whatever the prop is, whatever you can get it at, <laughs> go over. Because I think, I think Kansas City is going to try and isolate that matchup and run right at Chase Young. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And a lot of my um, colleagues here at ESPN, Aaron Dolan, Joe Fortenbaugh, agree that both teams are going to try and establish the run and which team is going to be more effective at doing so. The Chiefs have surprisingly been a, a better run defense than the 49ers this year, and Isaiah Pacheco has been absolutely nails for this team in the postseason. He's handled a heavy workload, and he's delivered efficiency um, within that. So um, there is a lot of smart people I trust who think that the same along the same lines that the Chiefs and Andy Reid are going to try and run the football at a 49ers defense that has been susceptible all postseason long against Green Bay and Detroit on the ground. So if you think that is a game script that comes to fruition, Pacheco over attempts, Pacheco over rushing yards, I think it's only like 64, 65 and a half. So that's pretty reasonable, uh, something to attack. Yeah, and, and if there was a broken tackles or a missed tackles prop, I would take whatever the over is on San Francisco because they've been bad, as you mentioned, uh, in the playoffs. All right, before we run out of time, Tyler Fulgham from uh, ESPN mm-hmm. and the ESPN bet with us. Uh, as we approach Super Bowl 58, you get all these ridiculous props. I mean, there's so many, I, I can't <laughs> even keep track. Is there one absurd one that you just go look at and you say, like, that's so absurd I can't even think about touching that. Oh, can't even think about. T- I thought you were asking me an absurd one that I wanted to jump on. All right. Well, um, well give me, give me that. Give me that one too. <laughs> uh, okay. The, the absurd one that I kind of want to jump on just for fun. Again, small pizza money, beer money bet, so to speak. And I of course have to get in the 
Taylor Swift um, category of wagering. There is an ESPN bet prop called Swift Action, and it's basically um, a touchdown to occur within the first two minutes of the game. It's 12 to 1, which likely isn't even great mathematical odds based on realistic probability of a touchdown occurring in the first two minutes. But it's fun because you'll be gratification if it happens. Touchdown early in the game, which is always fun to see. A big play is likely what it's going to take. So um, that's my favorite one that is probably not a good bet, but I'm going to make this for fun. One that I would never touch, um, you know, just because it's so absurd, is the opening coin toss. Mm. I mean, unless you can find a sports book, and ESPN Bet does this, that provides you even odds on both sides, then go ahead and bet that. But if you're having to lay juice, minus 110, minus 105 on heads, minus 110, minus 105 on tails, you are literally being stolen from by the sports book. So that's just a PSA out there to our like viewers. It. Unless it's even odds on both sides, do not bet the coin toss, which is like still it. you know, not a worthwhile wager. I like it. Tyler, thank you so much. I know you got to run. Appreciate all, all the insight. We'll be watching you on ESPN uh, and uh, betting the game on ESPN Bet. Appreciate you. No problem. Enjoy the game, everyone. All right, that's Tyler Fulgham from ESPN, ESPN Bet. We'll take a time out here at the top of the hour. Gary Myers, longtime NFL journalist and author on a book about the New York Giants, and we'll preview Super Bowl 58 with Gary coming up next right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.